Unleashed, Unchained and Unapologetic. We are on episode seven. Can't believe it. Episode seven. We're back again, Karen. Indeed. Just to remind uh, everybody uh, uh, what we're all about, we are humble driven allies and leadership advocates who are obsessed with supporting leaders to stand up, step up so that the workplaces of today and tomorrow truly work for all. Everything we do supports you to lead and shift the status quo forever by taking one human step in a smarter direction. It starts and ends with you. So Karen, what's yep. today's subject matter? Well, today we thought we'd go back to um, the whole notion of it being all about you, but to slightly tweak that. So today we're going to be talking about how you can stand up with confidence at work, even when you don't feel it. Love it. Okay. And again, the whole ethos behind this is that you have 100% control over how you stand up and how you feel and that it starts and ends with you without having to prove anything, try too hard or engage in any kind of off-balance behaviours. I so, bet there's a lot of people that can relate to this one. I know I certainly can. Um, but, you know, this is a biggie, right? And I think it's one thing that people... I think, I think you, you know, you see, see people talking about imposter syndrome and, you know, not feel like they're, you know, they're blagging it somehow by being in a role. And I don't think there's any one person that doesn't feel like that at some point, including you know, really successful CEOs from, from what I've gathered and, and learned over the years. So why is it challenging? Why is it so challenging? Well, I think that most people on the planet, and I'll use most with a capital M, um, have the ability and use it often to question themselves. So am I doing it right? Does it look okay? You know, how how's what I'm doing showing up? Do people like me? We question ourselves and how we stand up in the world. I think mostly on the inside all the time um and particularly at work where i think we've talked about this before we often end up under stress or you know we feel the need to prove ourselves there's a little bit of uncertainty when you put yourself out there about how it's going to land with other people and particularly if you're having to stand up in front of groups of people and speak or you're leading a team and you know you've got some feeling that you need to know where we're all going and that you're responsible for that you know or if you're sitting in a meeting and you just want to contribute something, that happens as well. There's that little moment sometimes when we say, I hope I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> I hope I know what I'm doing. And it's really that that we want to talk about. And the goal here is to understand yourself so well and know what triggers you and be aware of how you're feeling in the moment at any time mm -hmm. so that you can give yourself a bit of a break in those moments and say, do you know what? going to big fat do it anyway because what's the worst that could happen yeah I love that and um so so what can people do what what just from from a um you know from a tip perspective what could people start to do today in order to help get through this sort of like feeling or at least manage it well I think there's a couple of things I mean the real the real tip for all of these moments of doubt or concern or worry or fear is to take a step back and think, what is the one small step I can take that will move me forwards? And I think the best analogy I can use for this kind of anxiety is, if you imagine you're blindfolded and you're standing on a tightrope between two trees and you have to walk from one tree to the other, you can't see where you're going, but you can feel the ropes wobbling under your feet. 
And you've got a bunch of options in a situation. Some people might try to make it across the rope as fast as they can, like, you know, Hail Mary moment. Let's just run from one side to the other. Most people will try to do it slowly and feel their way. And it's really a battle between how you feel about whether you can do it or not and how your body reacts to that feeling. And what you notice is if you are in that position, the more you start to second guess and wonder if you can, the more the rope starts to wobble. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a mental game here about I'm going to take a solid step and then I'm going to take another solid step and just focusing on the next step, not thinking about how far you've got to go, not thinking about whether the rope's wobbling, not worrying about whether you can or you can't, but just concentrating very much on that next step. Being present, really, isn't it? It's just fully being present. and That is right. Yeah, and, really and, and, and it's allowing yourself the realisation that you don't know what's going to happen next. You can't. You know, this reminds me of my dear dad who passed last September. Um, but he always used to say to me, always start from where you are. You can't change what's happened in the past. There's nothing you can do about it. You certainly can't predict the future. Just start from where you are. And yeah. I always carry that with me. So I'd like you to use control, let's, right? Yeah, let's use the example of someone who's sitting in a meeting and is too scared to speak up. Mm. This is a really good one. Now, you know, everybody knows when you're standing in front of a room full of people, you're going to be feeling a little bit nervous. That's a human thing. You know, you can't keep eye contact with everybody. It's a bit like, you know, I'm the one gazelle and there's a herd of, you know, I don't know, big cats rushing after me. You know, you feel the pressure. But when you're sitting around a table with six or seven other people, what makes us nervous to speak up in that environment? What do you think that is? People looking at you? Yeah. Being visible, right? Being visible, yeah. And if you're visible, what could possibly happen? You might say something or do something stupid and be judged. Right. So you're already judging yourself when you're thinking, I might do something stupid. Your mm. judge is already waiting for you to make a mistake. So the most likely thing you're going to do is either not say anything because you're too scared or say something in a kind of desperate way. You're either going to force it out or you might, you know, stumble over your words, but it's not going to be a comfortable experience for you or anybody else necessarily, unless you're very good at braving it out. So what's the trick? The trick is to take that moment to just sit there, observe what's going on in the room, notice where everybody is, notice what the chair feels like underneath you, notice the feet, uh, the, the ground under your feet, and ask yourself the question, what is my gut telling me? Why is it that I want to speak up? Right? Usually you want to speak up because you have an intuition or a feeling that something needs to be said. Mm. And this is where it's that moment of self-trust. I'm just going to say it and see what happens. Right now, this podcast is called Unapologetic. So don't <laughs> say, I'm really, really sorry. I might be a bit stupid and this might be an idiotic question. Don't, don't make yourself small. Just say, I'm just really curious. What is, what about this, right? It's a low risk thing, um, but it's a tiny step. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so whenever you feel nervous, it's about asking yourself, what's the one small thing I can do one action I can take, one mental shift I can make that makes me feel a little bit more capable in this moment. 
I'm um, I'm curious, Karen, because obviously uh, you are a coach to C-suite leaders from all around the world. And um, do you is this something that you see really regularly? And does it tend to be from any particular group, any particular industry, or do you see it right across the board? In you your know experience? what? I, I, lo- I love that question. It's it's humanity. It's everybody. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you're at the top of the tree in inverted commas or you're new to the business or it's your first meeting. But I see it a lot in people who are starting new jobs where they don't know the people, they don't know the company, they don't know the environment and they don't want to make a fool of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I always say to them, you know, the last time, the, 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 the least likely time for you to make a fool of yourself is when you're new because nobody expects you to know everything. So if you're going to make a fool of yourself or ask a stupid question in your head. New girl, new girl trick. That's new girl the class. time to do it, right? <laughs> ask yes. as many questions as you can. You know, those that first 30, 60, 90, however many days is in the job, you've kind of got a hospital pass to just go in there and ask anything. And actually what's really interesting about people who are brave enough to just ask questions is they get a lot of respect because they're yeah. doing something that most people are a little bit scared of doing. And also there's never, and we always say this, there's no stupid question. And there really isn't. And, and if you do ask what's termed a stupid question, that just turns into a joke. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to live with for the rest of your life. You're probably going to trot out yourself. Oh, you'll never guess what I do. That's this really mm-hmm. stupid question. You know, I've done it and I'll, I'll give you a really good example of this. I went back to university to do my PhD. Um, somebody was in the lab who'd been there when I was doing my undergrad, had been out for three years in, in the city, went back, hadn't seen her for three years. And this is an awful admission. She, she, she was a little bit larger than she had been when I'd been in the lab before. So large, in fact, that I thought she was pregnant. Oh, no. Yep. So what did no. I say? What did I say? I said, oh, my goodness. When's the baby due? Okay. She was epic, not epic fail. She was not <laughs> pregnant. However, she she actually recovered really well. And she said, yeah, the food baby's been a real problem for me. And I just thought, what a great response. Like she didn't, brilliant. she didn't, she didn't she care. It. She, I mean, I was mortified. I must have been yeah. red in the face. I wanted to die. I wished the floor would swallow me up. And there is no recovery from that, except I'm so sorry. That was just such a stupid thing to say. But realistically, kind of an honest mistake in a way, just not very well executed on my part. Sometimes those moments bring you close together. Now, obviously, she she was a pretty amazing person because I think if someone had said that to me, I might have felt a little bit vulnerable in that moment. Maybe she did, but she handled it very well. So you, can, that, yeah. you can ask really stupid questions. And again, it was a personal question. Don't ask personal questions. Just steer well clear of those ones. You know, mm-hmm. how do people, anything to do with how someone looks, just maybe just like, you know, think twice about opening a big bag mouth, Karen, in that situation. However, when it's a question in a business meeting, you know, there's a financial model and something's just not hanging together for you. And you're like, mm, I just, I'm just really wondering about that. You mm-hmm. are in safe space to ask that question, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there are other people in the room that need the explanation too. Maybe there is no explanation. Maybe you've hit on something that's a real problem. It's a moment of self-trust and standing up. Yeah. It goes back. This is why it starts and ends with you is what we're talking about here. Your ability to trust yourself. And the other trick that I always suggest people use is ask yourself this. How many stupid questions have I ever asked? When have I ever looked stupid asking a question? And the answer for most people is, unless you're me, obviously, 
not really remember. So the chances are that you've not had that problem for your entire life and you've been trying to fight it off. It's just a moment of nervousness. Mm. And I think sometimes as well, and I've seen this happen quite a lot, um, and I've done it myself years ago. I mean, I remember, I remember a time asking, there's a, there's a, there's a feeling of, oh, I better know, have all the answers, because if I don't have all the answers, I'm going to get found out. And someone might ask you something and you come out with something rushed, not well thought through, haven't taken a step back to consider it. And um, because you feel like you need to answer. And I've seen this so many times and I think it obviously it comes with experience, but yeah. I, I used to call it, I've carried a watermelon moment, you know, off Dirty Dancing. Oh, and I remember coming back from a meeting once and speaking to a dear, dear colleague, if she's listening to this, she remember, and she, she reminds me of it often. And we had a bit of a running joke about it afterwards. I said, oh man, uh, I've just, I've, honestly, it was like, and I carried a watermelon moment, mortified. And we laughed about it, but. Um, because I think that's what you've made a point, point that point there's a really, really good one, which is when you panic in the moment, yeah. the same as picking up a shovel and starting to dig a trench that you're going to throw yourself into. <laughs> now, the mental model is, right, I'm just going to start digging here and I'm going to do it in a desperate fashion. The chances are whatever comes to mind is not going to be your best work. It is going to be a moment of, of, of panic and stress. It, it, you can double down and pretend you know the answer, that's an even bigger trench that you can dig because if it's, a, it's, it's, wrong, a rook, it's a bit of a rookie rookie play though, isn't it? Well, is it? You know, I really think it depends who you're dealing with. I mean, you know, there are some pretty intimidating folks out there in the undergrowth. And if you're around somebody that you find, frankly, intellectually intimidating or just intimidating in general, the chances are you're going to reach for that shovel pretty quickly, you know, and start digging. So again, you've got to give yourself just a beat. And the question I would encourage everybody to ask is, What's wrong with my brain compared with everybody else's? We've all got the same brain kind of, you know, neural matter between our ears. Equally, it, it, it's infinitely programmable. You know, we, we've got the ability to learn for our entire lives. What makes somebody else's brain material so much better than yours? And the answer is biologically absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. The only thing that might make it function better is experience, years on the clock. But again, aren't we all here to teach each other and support each other to grow? Exactly. And so, you know, one of the, the other thing that I really want to draw attention to is this notion of not speaking up. Like what what happens when you just you're constantly muzzling yourself or you're too scared to step up? How do you feel about yourself when you do that? Small. And, and pretty rubbish. And what tends to happen is people who are in environments where they're too scared to speak up end up blaming the environment. You know, they will they will go, well, it's not a safe space. You know, I that person, you know, whenever I speak up, that person's on me and or, or it builds. Yeah. Builds yeah. and builds and builds. And then they just go explode for some reason or it oh, just comes oh, yeah. as a reaction. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the point is that we're talking about what I would deem and I hate this phrase unhealthy reactions, which is adaptations we make to our natural state of just being who we are and saying what we think to playing small or desperately trying to play big or trying to prove ourselves all of those off balance you can imagine yourself on the tightrope that that rope is wobbling under your feet and you are going to fall off that tightrope no question because you're not balanced there's no moment of balance I think there's another point to this as well Karen um when I look back to my early career I used to get a lot of glandular problems a lot of throat problems. oh yes <laughs> and I actually remember um speaking to somebody about this 
And it was because what used to happen was because I wasn't using my voice because I was too afraid to speak my truth. It would build up in my neck. Mm-hmm. So actually, I do actually think there's a, and I know the science science to prove this and the research to prove this somewhere. I've heard it somewhere, but whenever you don't let things out, they get they stuck. manifest in and they get stuck. Yeah. Stuck. That's right. And I think, you know, there's a lot of Eastern medicine that looks at this whole relationship between our behaviors and the diseases we get. And mm-hmm. that classic not speaking up does tend to lead to throat problems you know I have one of those at the moment it's not because I'm not speaking up it's because my daughter isn't she's passed on a throat infection at least that's what I'm telling myself (laughs) um so let's talk a little bit about comfort zones as well when you're not speaking up because you're too scared or because you're too nervous or whatever reason you are staying in a comfort zone of some sort you know there's no risk to doing nothing theoretically your best self how can you ever grow into your best self Well, I think this is the point, right? So Mm. let's imagine that you are staying in this comfort zone. It's uncomfortable. We know that because you're not being, you're not standing up. You're not fully vocalizing what you bring. You're not showing up really. You're just sitting there holding it all in. And that's uncomfortable. I mean, you know, as you said, with the throat, it can actually physically hurt as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So the more that you sit in that comfort zone or you know, try to work harder. The other thing that we do is we overcompensate. We try to do more, try to fix things around us. We try and rescue people or situations. We get a bit desperate. All of those things can be a comfort zone and adaptive behavior that we put in place when we feel uncomfortable. We either try and fix everything or we do nothing. So what's the alternative is to step into discomfort, which is to do something different to what you would normally do. So out of the comfort zone. So if you're used to not speaking up in meetings, it's the moment when you decide to give yourself permission to have a go and speak up. It's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe you haven't done it much before. But I want you to imagine how you feel on the other side of it when nobody's died, the room hasn't exploded, nobody's beaten you up, nobody's intellectually eviscerated you. You are literally still the same person and it's 20 seconds later. How do you feel about yourself 20 seconds later? big pat on the back wow I did that it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be building up the old muscle isn't it that's right a bit of an experiment you can see it as an experiment well I always say to my clients you know if you're not comfortable doing it give it a red hot go and you can always go back to your comfort zone if you want no problems with that but why not try it for once and see what happens and you know I've had clients who've had long-term complicated difficult relationships with co-workers who've decided to re-baseline that relationship and have a different conversation. We're going to talk about this more in the next podcast, but, you know, they've gone in there with a, with a script that they thought about, how am I going to break the pattern of behaving in a particular way in relationship to this person? And they've gone in there and they've been highly skeptical that anything's going to change. You know, I've, I've, and the story is I've tried everything. I've done it all before, you know, it's never worked um, and it's going to happen again. The number of times We've been through in a session how to re-script, how to shift that dynamic. And they go and try it and come back and they're like, oh my God, that worked. I cannot believe how well that worked. And you can see them just, the spine straightened up. They're like, okay, so actually I can try different stuff and it actually works. Mm -hmm. Because we get so stuck in the pattern of doing what we're used to doing that we sometimes forget what happens when we give it a go. I also think is that, you know, 
at the end of the day we're all we're all individual we're all human we're all in you know i like to think we don't all have our experts of the same people in the same department that's why it's so important to come together and i think that it's it's a real um i always have a huge amount of respect for people that say i don't know actually don't know what i don't know but really? you know what i know how to find out or let's go and exactly. find out together let's let's figure it out together yeah really Even powerful better. yeah so I mean, I think I think for for this particular for this particular segment, I think some things to leave people with mm. is to really start to notice where you're stopping yourself standing up, putting yourself out there, to notice how that feels, and to ask yourself the question: What am I losing out by not standing up? Usually, it's visibility, right? Mm. It's being seen and being heard, and. Then the next question is, what one trial attempt can I make to break the pattern? So I'm going to go into the meeting and I'm going to listen to whatever's happening and I'm going to listen till the end of the meeting and then I'm going to ask one solid question. Or in the moment when I desperately want to ask a question, I'm too scared, I'm going to write it out my notepad and then I'm going to ask it. Sometimes the action of writing it down and then vocalizing it gets out in the world first on paper and it's easier to say it then. Sure. So That's really, just really find one one occasion when you when you typically don't do that and give it a red hot go. See what happens. Great tips as always, Karen. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, oh, gosh, podcast seven. I still can't believe we're on episode seven. Hope everyone enjoyed episode seven today and took something valuable that they can start um, applying in their everyday life and experimenting with. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please click on the bell and subscribe, share it with your friends, and hopefully you can make a difference to somebody else as well. Thanks so much, Karen. Uh, great as always. And we look forward to the next one. Yep. Speak soon.